Hello and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Dale Jarvis, and today's guest is Kristen Harris-Walsh. Kristen Harris-Walsh is a dancer and a dance scholar based in St. John's. She holds a PhD in folklore from Memorial University and a master's in dance from York University, and is currently working on a Shirk-funded research project on percussive dance in Newfoundland and Ireland. Kristen has been step dancing for 15 years and has trained and performed in Newfoundland and Ireland. She is past president of Dance NL, the province's sectoral dance association, and is the president of the Society for Canadian Dance Studies. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dale. It is lovely to have you here. I'm delighted to be here. I should have I should have asked you to come and dance like on the table. That would have been great. Your percussive dance. We could have done some if we'd been planning ahead. That would have been better. <laughs> I'm a firm believer in dance on radio. I, I've heard you <laughs> dance on radio before. I know you've done it. Um, and you have a, so your style of dance actually lends itself to radio, unlike some other types of dance. It, it does, and I mean that's the beauty of step dancing is is that percussive nature that you can hear it as well as see it. So how did you get started in dance? Um, Basically from childhood, and uh, my earliest uh, dance uh, was ballet. Yeah. And I think basically my parents put me in ballet because I spent all my time sort of twirling around in the living room and rather right. than walking in a straight line, skipping and moving around and <laughs> stuff. Great, so, yeah. yeah, so they enrolled me in ballet um, when I was, I guess, probably around three or four. And that's what I did for many, many years. Um, I grew up in Toronto. And uh, at the time, I didn't realize sort of how spoiled I was, but we lived literally five minutes from York University, and they had a community outreach dance program. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up uh, in their program that they offered and only realized really, I think, when I hit my undergrad and started attending York, that uh, my ballet teachers were actually the faculty and some of the grad students in the dance department at York. So I had wonderful, wonderful um, ballet teachers um, as a child, and uh, and I grew up really loving ballet. And so that's what I did for a number of years. And uh, step dancing I discovered when I moved to Newfoundland. And so that was um, in the late 90s. I came here to do my PhD in the folklore department. And really, even though there's a really strong tradition of step dancing, like Ottawa Valley step dancing in southern Ontario, southwestern Ontario, it wasn't something I'd been exposed to at all. So step dancing was, was something I really had very little awareness of. But, of course, at the time, this was right post-river dance. Mm-hmm, of course, river okay. dance sort of exploded around the world yeah. in 19. 1994, and so step dancing was sort of enjoying a resurgence in some places, and sort of coming as a new um, fad or an, a, you know a new thing to do. And so St. John's was booming in terms of step dancing at that point, and so I moved here, and uh, and I discovered step dancing, and I absolutely loved it. Um, and so I've been uh, step dancing in sort of the Irish style, the Irish Newfoundland style, um, and more recently in the Shano style, which is a very traditional Irish style um, since then. So I've been kind of playing around in step dancing since around the year 2000. Okay, yeah. So when did you, when did you make that step from, uh, uh, from, one, being, <laughs> from being a, a, a dancer to a dance scholar? Um, that was interesting, and it happened pretty accidentally. Um, as I said, I, I grew up really close to York University, and so I, I stayed um, in Toronto uh, for my undergrad and my master's. And so when it came time, when I was graduating high school and sort of looking at what kind of program I wanted to do, I really wasn't sure. And at the time, uh, York offered this amazing um, interdisciplinary program um, called Fine Art Studies. And it was the kind of thing where you could uh, take 
courses in any of the fine arts disciplines. So I was able to take sort of music courses, theater courses, dance courses, plus some uh, interdisciplinary courses. And so it was that was the beauty of that program. And as I sort of made my way through my undergraduate degree, I realized that the dance courses were the ones that I really, really loved. And as a child, you sort of think that if you want to work in dance, you either have to be a dancer or a choreographer or a dance teacher, right? And those weren't things that I was really interested in. I mean, I love to dance, but as a career, those just weren't feasible for me. Um, And so it was sort of when I got into the university setting and I realized that you could actually study dance academically, um, that it really sort of piqued my interest. So that's when I went on to do my master's in um, the dance studies program at York and sort of a whole new world opened up to me. And so that's sort of the transition. It was kind of a happy accident of, uh, of ending up sort of discovering dance as a discipline. And uh, it, was a, it was a great choice. And it's something that's that since really, you know, uh, I started my master's in 95. Um, it's something that's, that's sort of been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And then coming to Newfoundland, did you come to Newfoundland to do your PhD on Newfoundland dance? Or did you come here to do your PhD and then discover Newfoundland step dance? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was sort of another happy accident, really. Um, at the time, when I was graduating from my master's, there were no PhDs in dance in Canada. Uh, now York does have a program, but at the time there was nothing. And so my choice was either to leave the country and to do a PhD in dance or to find a program that would allow me to do something um, in my area of interest that was in a different discipline. And so basically... Um, I made the choice that I wanted to stay in Canada, but I was pretty much open to going anywhere. And so at the time, and these are the early days of the Internet, so it wasn't quite as easy to search stuff, I tried to look at every university in the country and see what programs were on offer. Um, I looked at an interdisciplinary studies program. I looked at a Canadian studies program. And when I found the folklore program, um, it intrigued me because... Although at the time I wasn't interested in traditional dance, um, I was looking really at sort of gender and ballet at, at that time. Um, but it appealed to me. I thought there there might be something, and probably it's something that you're sort of advised against. But I came here sort of blindly without a specific topic, without a specific supervisor. But I just um, I just felt that it was going to be a good fit. And so I came here knowing I would do something in dance. I didn't know exactly what. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I just sort of took a leap of faith. And this was really before the development of the ethnomusicology program at Memorial. Was, yes, that's yeah. right. This is uh, before that program existed. I think it it, it um, started in maybe the mid two thousands. So it does predate um, MEP and the and the ethno program. Um, and so, yeah, it was uh, it was. In some ways, a good fit. In some ways, and I had to make myself fit. Sure, um, but that was fine. You know, that wasn't uh, a problem for me. And and so as I spent time in the program, I'd take courses and stuff the first little while, so I wasn't really worried about uh, a topic for my research. And it was during that time that really I fell in love with Newfoundland culture. I fell in love with step dancing, and so I decided that what I wanted to look at was really how I look at traditional dance today. So I wasn't as uh, concerned about the historical aspects of traditional dance, and in fact, Colin Quigley did an amazing master's thesis in the folklore department in 1984, 1985, on um, set dance, traditional set dance, uh, and it was a wonderful model to kind of look at, uh, at that historical uh, approach. Um, but I was really interested in how 
dance groups today interpret and embody traditional dance. So that's sort of where it ended up. Right. And, and a lot of your work focused on the St. Pat's dancers yes. here in St. John's. So for people who aren't familiar with the St. Pat's dancers, give me the, give me the, the five-second history <laughs> of the uh, St. Pat's dancers. Um, they're a fascinating group, uh, I have to say. It's um, basically the St. Pat's dancers started in the 30s when the Christian brothers came over from Ireland and, and started up schools. And so dance was just something that was taught sort of after school or maybe part of phys ed and performed at Christmas concerts. And so at the time, it was limited to the students in St. Pat's school, uh, which were boys. So it was it was performed solely by boys um, within this school setting. And uh, then it was years later, a couple generations later, that they formed sort of an actual performance group. And it's uh, it's grown today. It's now uh, not affiliated with any school, and boys and girls are welcome. And uh, what I really, really found fascinating about the St. Pat's Dancers and why I really loved it was that the children teach the children. So the adults who run the program, they just, they're the logistics people. And so it's this idea of apprenticing. So the older kids mentor the younger kids. They help teach them. The older kids are the performance group. So the younger kids really just learn. And then when you get to that certain point, then you join the performance group. So it's a really interesting way of, um, of what I call kinesthetic transmission. So basically, you know, teaching in that informal way by practicing by performing and working together um, from one generation of kids to the next. And so the group still continues to perform uh, They do, yeah. yeah. Actually, they're, um, I'm on their Facebook page, and um, I'm not involved in them directly anymore. My research was a number of years ago. But it's fun to kind of see. They traveled to Ireland, I believe, last year and performed at the Canada Day ceremonies uh, with the ambassador. And, uh, and they perform at a lot of old age homes and festivals and stuff like that. So the group is very much thriving, which is wonderful. Mm. Mm. So I know your interest is on kind of traditional dance in a contemporary context. So when you look at that style of dancing that has kind of evolved, I would imagine, over the past 80 years in a particular way, how does it differ from kind of the, the type of step dancing you might see, you know, at a kitchen party or somewhere outside of St. John's? That's a really interesting question. Um, and it's hard to answer in some ways because there's very, very little documentation. And this was sort of the blessing and the curse of the research that I do is that in many ways it's a wide open field because it has been understudied. Um, set dancing has been quite well studied in comparison, although there's still lots that could be done. But step dance in Newfoundland, it's an enormous gap. And um, and so it's been great in that I've, I've been able to kind of make inroads in terms of my interest in, and that kind of thing. But there's very little documentation. There's little video clips and there's some images. Um, but it's there's a dearth of information. Um, what I see, sort of, from what you know, what I've looked at myself and from talking to people, is I see them as sort of two analogous but very different forms. So what I would call traditional Newfoundland step dancing would be that kitchen party dance that would be largely improvised, untrained. And um, from what people have said, sort of often a friendly competition uh, between sort of people who are known as good dancers in the community. Um, that really close to the floor um, kind of step, the idea of lightness being prized, being really light on your feet, um, those kinds of qualities. So I can sort of only speak to the qualities of, of what's being described and, and what I've seen. Something, I'll go to sort of the opposite. Um, the mo most recent um, kind of step dancing in Newfoundland is the river dance style. And that came in in the 90s. So quite late to Newfoundland, mm -hmm. considering the that tradition of dance, dance here, that yeah. we have. Um, 
so that the river dance style is very stylized high kicks high jumps heavy battering of the feet choreographed fully choreographed um, in many parts of the world competitive um, and in fact there's a group in Grand Falls Windsor that does uh, the fishes by distance they do um, video submission so they are into the competition but otherwise um, as far as I know there's no competitive step dancing here so you have those two extremes and the St. Pat's dancers I see kind of in the middle um, that in many ways it is they do have choreography they have specific dances to particular tunes and um, and they do go like in a performance on a stage kind of thing but um, in terms of how the body moves the body is very relaxed um, again it is quite close to the floor uh, the arms kind of do what they want so it's it's a little bit of a hybrid I, I see sort of between the very stylized river dance style and the very informal traditional Newfoundland step dance so I see them kind of in the middle so it's interesting to look at three uh, manifestations of step dance that we have here hmm. and what is the work that you're that you're engaged in right now um, well right now I'm sort of taking some of the the step dance work for my dissertation and moving a little bit forward with it um, at a very critical point in my dissertation when I was I thought I was nearly done um, I went to Ireland to the University of Limerick for a summer school the Blas uh, summer school and when I was there um, I took I took a lot of I danced a lot um, but one of the workshops was a Shanos workshop and uh, my mind was blown a little bit because what I saw in the Shanos workshop was essentially what I imagine traditional Newfoundland step dancing to be. And I, I really, I, I couldn't believe it. And, um, and I was fascinated by the style. Um, and Shanos step dancing is undergoing an enormous revitalization in Ireland. It was something that was basically almost completely decimated um, in the 70s. And has now um, is now enjoying an amazing resurgence. So I sort of took that back with me. It was unexpected, um, but my experience in Ireland basically complete. I overhauled my dissertation completely at that point. Um, and uh, so the idea of the the link between Shanos and Newfoundland step dance has been in the back of my mind since about 2007. And so. Um, I'm in the middle of a, a Shirk-funded research project. It's actually with two um, other colleagues, Sherry Johnson at York University and Heather Sparling at Cape Breton University. And we're looking broadly at percussive step dance in Canada. So um, Sherry's looking at sort of links between um, England and Ottawa Valley step dance, and Heather's looking at Scottish and Cape Breton step dance. And I'm looking at Shanos and traditional Newfoundland step dance. So we're sort of in year two, <laughs> so sort of right in the middle of a, of, um, a three-year grant. And uh, I was um, I've, I was really uh, fortunate to go hang out in Connemara last Easter for about 10 days and basically just hang out with Shanos dancers and interview them and dance with them and spend time in the region and get a feel for, you know, the place because, you know, place is really, really important to uh, Shano's dance. And so I've been kind of taking some of the, the field work there and, and my next step is to try and do some Newfoundland field work. And, uh, and number one is trying to find some people who either dance traditional Newfoundland step dance themselves or remember it. And uh, I feel like Traditional Newfoundland step dance now is sort of where Shanos was in the 70s. Mm. That it at the moment it seems to me that it's dying out. It's um, 
it, it's something that people talk about as a memory, right. um, and people in older generations talk about as a memory in terms of being a social kind of thing to do. And so, it'll be interesting to to talk to people not not as just as a means of preservation, but to see if this ends up revitalizing itself. Uh, because in Ireland, basically. Um, there's been a couple new generations who have taken it up. It started to spread. They now have Shannos competitions. They now have people performing Shannos on, like, Dancing with the Stars kind of shows, right? There's one called the Jig Gig, and there's an Ireland's Got <laughs> Talent. And basically, you know, Shannos is hot right now in Ireland, which yeah. is fascinating. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if, you know, the if something similar happens That's here. That's a good future project for you. It here, is, yeah. yeah, the Jig Gig. I love it, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask about that, the, you know, that challenge of uh, doing dance field work in, in Newfoundland and identifying potential tradition bearers how how do we do that how what are you what are your thoughts or feelings about where that that work might go word of mouth is often you know is often the way to do it and um I mean, I was lucky that I worked at the at MMAP for a number of years, which is the Music Media and Place Research Center at uh, at Memorial, and so worked a lot with traditional musicians. Um, so, I mean, networking in Newfoundland is so important. So, just knowing people and and asking, and then asking them to ask, and and so the word of mouth is has primarily been the way that you find people, right? And all you have to do is is find a couple people who know a couple people. Um, but it is sometimes like finding a needle in a haystack. Um, and uh, so I'm sort of at the early stages of, of the Newfoundland field work. But I found I had the same similar issues when I when I went to Ireland. I emailed people and call, and I and I had nothing. And but I went there, and I I just I hung out and I met like two people. And then I met two more people, and then I sure. met two more people. Now that was an intensive fieldwork period, so I was I was really under a bit of a time crunch to to hang out with as many people as I could. But it's that word of mouth, you know. And and once someone you sort of sit down with someone and have that chat and make that connection, then they're far more likely, I think, to be forthcoming with their own contacts. So if people listening to this know of a Newfoundland uh, step dancer, they yes, can get I would touch. love to. Yeah, <laughs> kharris at mon.ca. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And sort of that's my goal over the next probably six months is is to meet as many step dancers here as possible or even people who remember step dancing just in the home or in their community and uh, and see what I can find. And there. are you hearing anecdotally about people who have those memories or, or do you know are there are there are there still dancers out there? Very few, Very few. I think. Um, yeah, very few, but I think it is still happening. Because I know there are some fabulous YouTube videos that have floated around for a little bit, but they seem to be of kind of an older generation who may or may not be with us anymore. Exactly, and so that's why even to get you know memories of of, uh, of people would be wonderful, and and people you know who dance, and often with this kind of traditional dancing, people might not call themselves dancers, sure. even though they might be the most fantastic dancers. So, um, you know, just people who, who dance, you know, and, and who have danced. You know, there are the odd, you know, there is the odd person I know of and the odd pocket maybe a region where people will talk about so-and-so in the community or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's, like I say, it's a bit of a needle in a haystack. Yeah. I'm curious about this Irish revitalization, you know, and we've seen that in other aspects of Irish society where they've kind of had done great work in promoting traditional music mm-hmm. and, and really kind of bringing things back. Uh, you know, we see that with the singing traditions. That's and, right. And uh, uh, instrumental traditions. W- what, 
what technique or what strategy do you think has worked in Ireland to revitalize the Shannas dancing? What, I mean, you talk about the television shows and whatnot, but, but you must have to get to a certain level before those kinds of things are viable. Yeah, I think, um, I think it started very grassroots. I mean, so from what the consensus was of the people I spoke with, that by the 70s in Connemara, there were six guys who were Shannos dancing, you know, and there were sort of, there were six men in the region. Um, and, um, and everybody can point to who those six men are. I mean, it's sort of well known locally. Um, and event, I mean, they talk about just younger people just starting, just, I guess in that very informal vernacular kind of way, just getting interested. And so I guess the persistence of those individuals who were sort of the last ones standing who, and people just sort of assumed that the tradition would die with them, um, that more young people started to get interested. And um, there's a lot of travel sort of throughout the region. I mean, Connemara is very barren, very sparsely populated, with sort of these long winding roads from small community to small community. Um, sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and But there's persistence amongst this current generation of teachers who go from community to community and hold classes, so once a week in this community, once a week in that community, and... Um, there's a real interest in hooking children on Shano stands, and it, it does seem to be working. Um, so it's very much at a, a grassroots community level. I think um, I asked people about the effects of, of river dance, and um, I, and again, you know, the, the, some differing opinions, but the broad consensus is that river dance didn't sort of influence Shano's other than making step dance in general more of a common thing in Ireland and more publicly known. Exactly. So that there's just increased awareness of uh, river dance. Now what I see really um, is that the pop culture influence of river dance has affected channels with these TV shows, um, also with the competitions. Now um, the link is basically, I mean the river dance style is also the Irish competitive style. And uh, there's world championships, the Eroctus, there's fishes, competitions all over the country and all over the world, in fact. And so the the idea, a competition culture for dance is very normal in Ireland. It's what people do. If you mm-hmm. dance, you compete. Or if you step dance, you compete. And so I think there it was very natural as Shanos was developing and gaining a popularity to create a competition, which I find very interesting because it's an informal dance form that's supposed to be improvised they just when the spirit moves you a tune you love you get up and and just improvise steps so the idea of of merging that with a competition which is a very formalized way you're evaluating you know dance and stuff um i see that as, as a really interesting kind of mix but i think that's given some legitimacy in ireland to the form because it's now adjudicated it's now you know, part of popular culture. It's, you know, being performed in a very public way. You mentioned how in Connemara there were these six guys who yeah. were <laughs> dancing. And when you were talking about the early history of the St. Pat's dancers, it was all boys. Yes. Um, and I know you have an interest in gender and dance. So mm-hmm. how does that play out in a traditional context in Newfoundland? Was it largely men and boys who were dancing? At this from type what of I understand, dance? yeah. Not exclusively so, but from you know what I've read and what I've heard that it that it was largely male and so there are a lot of similarities in in terms of that now the tide has turned I think a lot in in 
for whatever reason, dance is generally seen as a female kind yeah. of thing, uh, you know, in, in a lot of people's minds. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there has been an interesting gender flip over the years in terms of step dancing. I, I know in my own, you know, uh, just doing oral history interviews and talking to people about community life, people will often say of so-and-so, you know, oh, he was a lovely dancer. Yes. But it's very rare that I would hear, oh, she was a lovely dancer. It's it's almost like something that was um, a masculine activity that people, it's kind of tied to ideas of masculinity, that people were known to be good dancers as a way of showing off. Yes, know, exactly. Even in the set dance tradition. Well, I was just thinking of that, like if you, um, that beautiful Running the Goat video and the Mun Extension Services one, that you, that in Running the Goat, there is... A moment. There's that eight bars. Yeah, that um, men step out. That yeah. the men, that, yeah, that the men come in and dance, and and so yeah, very much in the male realm. I think um, for many years. Yeah, I know. In in certain set dances, you know, in certain set dances in Newfoundland, when the women step out, they simply swing each other, right. and then they go back to their home positions. But right. when the men step out, that's when the fancy that's individual right. <laughs> moves come out. Yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if, uh, you know, we could identify those six guys in Newfoundland who, you know, can have maintained some aspect of tradition and then carry that forward. Absolutely. What, what would you like to see in the future? Would you like to see something happen here like has happened in Ireland? It would, I mean, it would be a shame if the tradition died out completely. I mean, it's, it would just be a shame. Um, so, I don't know that we would ever see something on the same scale as what's happening in Ireland simply because the competition and the pop culture is is not at the same level here in terms mm. of um, of dance kind of being entrenched in in the consciousness of, of you know Newfoundland popular culture, but um, it would be I mean it would be wonderful to see it continue really on we, that uh, grassroots level. We, we do have in, in Newfoundland an amazing uh, network of festivals large and small you exactly. know so maybe there's a role for festivals and music organizers absolutely to play in, in absolutely yeah. and I mean one thing that 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 I always find such a shame is that if you, I mean, if you were to just walk into a bar somewhere, you know, downtown or, or what have you, into a pub, it's so rare for someone to just get up and dance, step dance, um, to a band or to see it on a festival stage. Um, whereas in some places like Cape Breton, for example, the idea of music and step dancing not happening together is almost unimaginable so i don't know sort of where that separation happened mm -hmm. um but um it would it would be nice that if there was enough of a critical mass of people who were dancing that it was sort of once again kind of just part of socialization you know when there's music there's dance as well yeah. are there musicians who are familiar for with music for dancers there are some amazing uh musicians for dancers um i think it's a particular skill um just from my own experience dancing and um and also what, the dancers that I interviewed was really interesting because we talked a lot about what moves you to dance and the relationship between the musician and the dancer and um and most times it's so you're sitting in a pub and you're hearing tunes what makes you get up to dance like what moves you and almost all the people I spoke to said it's the musician now, again, this is a small area where they would know all the musicians and they would know the tunes that the musicians kind of favored. But there's always those musicians who you know are going to be able to play. And it's it's a real, I mean, it's a dance. It's back and forth, right? Like the musician has to follow the dancer. The dancer has to follow the musician. And uh, when you 
dance with a musician who's really skilled at that, it's a beautiful thing because you just get a synergy going. Mm, you don't even have to look at each other and you can just, you just kind of have that feel of, you know, how the tune's going and how the tempo's going and, and all those kinds of things. Very good. Well, we're drawing to the end of our time here. Uh, I just want to put out another call again for if people know about traditional step dancers in Newfoundland to get in touch with you. So give, give us your email address again. Yes, it's uh, K Harris, so K-H-A-R-R-I-S at M-U-N dot C-A. So K Harris at Mun dot C-A. Drop me an email. I'd love to hear from you. And can people find you on the Mun website? Are you listed somewhere? Yes. I think if you search Kristen Harris Walsh, you will find me and on the Mun website. It's Kristen with an I, not Kristen with an E. That's right. right. Very good. Well, thank you for coming on the show it's been great to talk about dance it has and <laughs> I, you know it'd be fun to do a follow-up you know you know a year from now and see how many people you've uh, identified sounds I would, good I would, I would love to know that there are more dancers out there me too so thank you for coming on the show thank you i'm dale jarvis and our production assistant is tara barrett You've been listening to Living Heritage, a production of CHMR Radio 93.5 in collaboration with the Intangible Cultural Heritage Office of the Heritage Foundation of Newfoundland and Labrador. You can find us online at ichblog.ca or you can download the podcast on iTunes. Thanks for listening.